Kia ora Etifano and welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. I'm Stu. And I'm Grace. And we wonder if we'll stop doing that eventually or are we always going to get that yeah? I think we're always going to do okay, it. cool. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been all right. It's been a week. It's been a week. Stuff happened. Stuff happened. How about you? Yeah, same, same. Mm. Well, we're glad you're here. We are going to be talking today about the Bible. What's that? What's the Bible? Well, this, this, this week... This morning, today, we're going to be talking about something prompted by a question from one of our listeners. So you may remember in our first episode, Beginnings and Goopy Donut. Of the season. Of the season, yeah, the Goopy Donut episode. You might remember that we talked about how we read things differently based on what they are. Yeah. Yep. So like work emails, you might read differently than a love letter. or Definitely read those differently. Yeah. So today's question is, so what is the Bible and how should I read it specifically? Which is... It's a great question. It's, a, it's the natural question that comes from that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. How do we read that then? So what is it? What is the Bible? Well, I guess in the simplest of terms, it's a book, right? Right. I have one here. Yes, it's I a book. see that that I is a book. I see that book. Yep. And in that book is lots of other books. So it is a collection of books. Now we say books, it's a collection of stories and letters and accounts and poems and all sorts of things. And those are the books of the Bible. So it's kind of like a library. Yep. And in that library, there's like the, oh, I was about to say the fiction section and the nonfiction section. That's not what I mean. There's the stories section. Yep. And there's the poems section and the songs section. And then there's like the genealogy section. Yep. Yep. And, you know, so there's there's different ways of, of, of looking at it. There's letters. There's all sorts of things. So there's different sections within the Bible. Yeah. And it's sort of structured into the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. The New Testament is concerned with Jesus and everything that happened around him. And the Old Testament is everything before that. Everything before Jesus. I mean, everything before the incarnation of Jesus as man, not before Jesus the divine. Is that better? Yeah, that is better. All There's right. some important right. uh, Trinitarian theology in there about, you know, Jesus existing as part of the Trinity. What is God Jesus? in the beginning? That's a different day's discussion. Where are his feet? I swear, you just have this obsession with Jesus' <laughs> feet, man. Okay, Leave sorry, his well, feet alone. Well, right. Old, Old Testament, New Testament, Jesus in the middle. Jesus, the incarnation in the middle. Yes. Okay, yep. 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 And it can be really confusing as a modern day reader looking at the order of the books in the Bible. Because for us Currently, we have like an obsession with things being chronological, mm. right? Like we read a book and we expect that each chapter follows on from the previous chapter mm -hmm. and that things happen in order of time. But that's not how things used to be structured. And so when we look at the Bible, things inside their sections are sort of structured by order of how important the people doing the ordering thought they were or how much they had to say. Yeah, or... Even like sometimes it is chronological, but it's like loosely chronological. Like, yeah. hey, I'm going to tell you this bit now because it's important to what I'm about to say. So it did happen beforehand, but sometimes I'm going to tell you something and I'm like, actually, you need to understand this first. And this happened after that. Yeah. And so it's it's about framing it, eh? Hey? Like, yeah. 
But it also means that when you go and look at like the section of all of the prophets in the Old Testament, they're not one following on from another in chronological order. They're, this is the most important prophet and here's the most important thing he had to say. And then here's the second most important thing he had to say. And then here's the third most important thing he had to say. Hmm. And then here's the second most important prophet. Yeah. So the, the structure, you know, it's not chronological, but it does weave a story, like a, a wider story. You know, the library yeah. that is the Bible has an overarching Overarching, overarching, over, yep. overarching meta narrative, if you will. Got to throw those big words that in there. runs from Genesis through to Revelation. Yes, and is structured a particular way so you can read it from Genesis to Revelation if you want to and understand there is some form of continuity. And it helps you, as you're reading to figure out where on that bigger narrative this little bit that you're reading falls to help give you some sort of context for what's happening and the motivations for why people have said it. Mm, mm. And callbacks. There's a whole heap of callbacks, right? So many callbacks. This thing happened before. And if you hadn't had that structured beforehand, you'd be like, what are you talking about? So in that, it's a collection of stories of real people written by real people. For real people. For real people. What's written down, we believe that the Bible is divinely inspired, you know, inspired by God, not like puppeteered by God. Oh, that's a terrifying image. It is, right? Like... The, what are they called, marionette yep, puppets, yep. you know. Um, Just holding somebody's hand while they've got a little quill or whatever. What's the musical Chicago with the oh, puppeteer? Yep. What's that song? Uh, they both reached for the gun. They both reached for the gun, you know, that one. Anyway, that's not, that's an image of puppeteering, you know, Yeah. where someone is forcing someone else to do something. So this isn't, I don't know why, apparently Chicago is at the front of my brain for puppets. Which is strange. Who knew? Um, but, you know, this idea that God dictated or forced someone to write a specific thing, that's not what we believe when we say inspired by God. No. It's inspired by God. We believe that God gave people the inspiration to write it, and they wrote it, whatever they wrote, all the different parts of the Bible, with from their, their own lens, from their own understanding yeah. of who God is, of what was happening, of what they could see. So this collection of stories tells us about how people viewed God and how people viewed certain events over quite a large period of time. Thousands of years. Thousands of years. So taking that, that's, I think, one of the things that, that helps us understand that it's not an instruction manual. Yeah. I know there was a thing in kids' church ages ago of, like, Bible, basic instruction before leaving Earth. Ooh. Which, you know, there's a whole bunch of theology in that that we'll unpack eventually, I'm sure. but. While there are basic instructions in it that you can pull out and interpret appropriately, there's also a bunch of stuff in it. Like it's not an instruction manual and a list of rules, even though it contains lists lots of rules. Of lists of rules, you know, rules given to specific people for a specific time and purpose. And you can't just pull those lists out. You know, you can't just say, hey, this rule applies to all people at all times. Well, you can. But you probably shouldn't. <laughs> you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. That's true. I think there's some principles behind the rules, maybe, that are sometimes helpful. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that trips us up a little bit is sometimes you can just pull a rule out and actually objective be like, that's always a good rule. Yeah. Like, don't, don't murder people. Don't murder people. I was going to say, don't eat raw meat. Yeah. That's probably a good idea. You know, when you're sick, maybe you should go away from everyone else so you don't make them sick. Maybe, like... Don't steal your neighbor's stuff. They don't, get mad about they get that. Mad about, you know, so there's, there is some stuff that you know, it feels like, yeah, cool, we can just drag and drop this, right? We can just go, hey, yeah. 
this is a rule. This is like a basic rule this of humanity. This is a, always humanity. applicable rule. And it is, but that's not why it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible because in that instance, it's a recording of a rule given to a specific people for a specific time. Yeah. So with those rules, while we can interpret them and sometimes apply them, the other thing to remember is that this isn't a book, an interpreted Christian book. Yeah. Right? So It wasn't written for Christians. It wasn't written for Christians. Necessarily. And that's a huge thing to remember. Even the epistles, so letters written to specific Christian churches. Or people. Or people. Post-incarnation and resurrection and ascension. You know, post-Jesus coming. Those weren't written for all Christians everywhere. They were written to, hey, you people in Corinth, here's a thing. You know, like you're doing this thing. And I just need to give you a little bit of advice on that. Yeah. And so like sometimes there is really useful stuff and really applicable stuff. And sometimes they are written more generally, but they're still written from a person to people at a time for a reason. And so how do we interpret these is is the question of the Bible forever, right? It's always been the question. How do I actually read it? And I guess the answer is both carefully and as it's written, which is a weird statement. That is a pretty weird statement. Because we believe in a divine God, right? We believe in a Holy Spirit that can inspire and revelate. Is that... Is that the word? Like, bring re- revelation? How would you say that? Is that a... Reveal I'm himself? Reveal him. There we go. Revelate? <laughs> revelate. He I just, am here to revelate. It just sounds like, I don't know, something rotating on a pedestal. <laughs> okay. So, can reveal... <laughs> we believe the Holy Spirit can reveal God's will through the Bible as it is written without the study sometimes. Sometimes. You know, in the same way that people share stories of seeing a stop sign... And having this moment of like, oh, I need to stop. Like, and God moves and uses specific things. That stop sign was not written specifically for someone to look at and have some kind of divine spiritual revelation. revelation. It's a stop sign. It said, don't crash your car into other people. Yeah, The city city planners just put that there. Yeah, because it was important for planning. I hope that's why they put it there. Traffic management or something. But, you know, so. Just for funsies. So um, we're not discounting that God can move. Through God can reveal himself however God wants to reveal himself. We don't get to say this is how God does and doesn't reveal himself. You know, it's not a, a thing that we actually have the power to say. But it's important for us to understand that when we claim the Bible says something, it's important to understand why it says it. Who it said it to, who wrote it down, why they wrote it down, when they wrote it down. What they were trying to say when they wrote it. And what it meant to them, the people who were receiving it. And then what does that mean to us now? What does that tell us now about who God is? What does that mean to us now about revealing something of the character of God? Yeah. So reading the Bible now can reveal huge amounts about God's character. And it can also reveal like parts of our character, you know. Why am I responding in this way to this thing that I have read? Why is this meaningful to me? How has God spoken to me and impacted me through my reading of this? Mm. You know, it can be a very powerful tool, but it can also be kind of weird and scary if we just read it without understanding. Yeah. And, you know, this is all almost putting aside the holiness of it. Like this is looking Mm. at it from a, a book that we have been given. Step back. This is the Holy Bible that we believe God has inspired. 
for a specific reason. You know, like it's still something to be upheld and revered, I guess is the right word. Mm. Like it's an important part of what God has given us. It's an important part of creation, but it's still something we need to interpret. Yeah. And we need to recognize when we're interpreting it and how we're interpreting it. Or if we're listening to other people's interpretations of it and how they've got to that interpretation of it. Mm. So you you might listen to this and go, oh, does that mean the Bible is only for academic? You know, there is this fear sometimes that you hear all these things about how to read the Bible and you go, well, maybe it's just too hard. Maybe it's just too hard. Maybe I just let someone else read the Bible for me. Mm. And that is a historical cycle, right? We've been there. Um, We've been there. And the church had this whole thing where they just decided that it was too dangerous for people to have the Bible because they would go off and do their own thing. And then ironically, the church went off and did its own thing. <laughs> and so the people were like, hey, the Bible doesn't say that. I don't that. think that's what it says. So I think there's this really powerful kind of partnership in mm. community around reading the Bible. Like it's really important for me to be able to share with Grace, you know, with mm-hmm. my wife, with you here, or with other people. This is what I think the Bible's saying to me here. And someone else to be like, yeah, cool. I agree. That's what I get to. But also the space for someone to be like, Stu. Like, you need to eat a Snickers bar and have a nap. Because that ain't in there, man. You're just hangry, and what you're reading isn't what the Bible says. It's what you want to get out of it. It's what you want to get out of it. And I think that that importance of community comes up again when we just talk about reading the Bible. Someone said something to me once about how the point of reading the Bible and interpreting the Bible isn't to come up with something brand new and totally original, because... You know, this has been around and this has been being interpreted for thousands of years. Mm. And that collective experience of humanity, uh, if you're thinking something that nobody in the past 2000 years has ever thought or ever written down, maybe that's dangerous. Mm. That's an interesting thought because the principles are always the same, right? God is unchanging throughout the Bible. Yeah. And I think that idea that who God is and who God reveals to be, that has to be the same. You know, it, it doesn't change. It's the interpretation and the application of that that might change. Yeah. So when the Bible says, uh, the Bible says, when in, is it Paul's writing? When he says, do not forsake meeting together. Right. Yep. Yep. That means a different thing at different times. Yeah. You know, that means a different thing to us now than it did to the people he was writing to in whichever letter that's in. So it comes down to the the question of, so how do I read the Bible? Right. That's the question. What is it? I think we know what it is. It's a collection of stories. It's a collection of stories that can reveal to us the character of God, can reveal to us the story of God's people, can reveal to us what God has done for people in the past. And that allows us a glimpse into who God can be to us today. My favorite definition of it was that the Bible is the story of God's ongoing revelation to humanity through God's interactions with humanity. Mm -hmm. So as the meta-narrative the overarching meta-narrative steps through, we see more and more of God and we learn more and understand more about God. Mm. So this week, as as you read the Bible, can we encourage you to maybe ask a few of those questions of yourself? Ask a friend, ask your church leader or someone you trust. Hey, I read this and this is what I got from it. You know, I encourage you to, if you've never done it before, go on like Bible Gateway and look at those little commentaries that they have, you yeah. know? Read some of the studies about the context. Not all of them. Don't go crazy unless you really, really want to and you're isolating at home or something and need something to do. But just have a peek because there's so much wisdom in the Bible that we can sometimes lose when we don't understand this is what that meant. 
Yeah. Or like we can say, hey, who were the Corinthians and why was Paul writing a letter to them that said this stuff? Like what what was it that was prompting him to write that? Mm. And then what can that new knowledge reveal to me about who God is or who Paul believed God to be perhaps in that space? What was happening for Nehemiah that made him write that stuff down? Because that helps us to understand. So we love talking about the Bible and we could just keep going, but I think we've covered it. So until next time. Take a deep breath. Know that you're loved. Drink some more water and have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.